Hey, Howlers. A couple quick warnings before we get started here. First, warning. This podcast contains adult content. There will be some bloody damn cursing. Very important message for you. Don't be a pixie. Second, warning. This podcast contains spoilers for the entire Red Rising series. If you have not read the books and you don't want to know what happens, you probably shouldn't listen to this podcast. Also, we do not do it justice. You have to actually read the book because the book will make you like this podcast more. (laughs) It's very true. (laughs) Aaron, where can people find us on the internet? At HowlerPod. H-O-W-L-E-R-P-O-D. That's on Instagram. That's on Twitter. Just actually, if you Google HowlerPod now, it's like at the top. We're everywhere. We're doing it. (laughs) All right. And now, HowlerPod. The rage rises. Everything I wanted is gone because of me. You were not strong enough then. Are you strong enough now, Helldiver? Whatever Ares wants, I'll do. Hello, Howlers. Welcome to Howler Pod, the one and only podcast for all things Red Rising, where every episode we dive deep to break down, celebrate, and discuss all aspects of the fantastic Red Rising series by Howler number one, Pierce Brown. I am your host, Ben Reinert. I am joined today by my wonderful co-host, Aaron Ayers. Hello, Howlers. Hey, guys. We're back with episode two of Golden Sun. And shit is going strong. It's about to escalate, but that's next week's chapters. Right. It's getting real. This is kind of the start of the realness. Before we get into the chapter summaries, we do want to give a quick shout out to all you guys that have checked us out so far. Uh, On the Instagrams and the tweeters. And the Apple podcasts and the Spotify. We're recording these podcasts uh, just to take a look behind the curtain here a little bit. This is a couple weeks in advance of when you'll be receiving these uh podcasts and so um we just released the podcast about a week ago at this yeah. point and the response everyone's been really nice yeah has been incredible we are uh flattered and super psyched to make more podcasts for you guys we're super excited yeah we uh we're gonna start drinking more <laughs> and getting more funny i think <laughs> that was a suggestion don't tell them our secrets <laughs> <laughs> Also, special shout out to James Copeland. Yeah, James found our podcast he's before our we even <laughs> told anybody about it. He's our first fan <laughs> slash, I don't know if he's a fan, he's a listener, but he shared it with other people and kind of helped us get the ball rolling. Yes. So uh, we had that felt these, really cool, right, you know, we had uploaded these podcasts and then they had sat on the Internet for like a week or two before we told anybody about them. And James somehow found them on his own and listened to them. And gave us a shout out. And gave us a shout out. It was awesome. And then uh, he's been sharing it with other people. So, James, thank you. Thank you so much. We need more howlers like you. (laughs) All right. Let's uh, let's go ahead and and dive into this. Today, we are doing chapters 6 through 11 in Golden Sun. We are. So, now uh, we need to know what happens in these chapters, right? We do. So, let's load up this star shell and shoot straight into our chapter summaries. Uh, Do you want me to take chapter 6? I'll do it. Chapter 6 is called Icarus. And so in this uh, chapter, Darrow and the Augustus clan, they land on Luna at the Citadel. As they leave the ship, Roke and Darrow discuss Lorna Arcos, 
the former Rage Knight and agree to meet later that evening to share some wine, have a talk. Darrow is escorted to his room along with Theodora, where they find the accommodations less than accommodating. I'm not a broom. (laughs) Soon after he arrives at the room, Darrow is summoned by one Victra, uh, Julii. Sex pot. He finds her in her villa, and they uh, discuss kind of his situation. Victor tries to offer her help and flirt with him a little bit. A little. <laughs> She's like <laughs> tracing his chest with her fingernail. Daryl's uh, defensive and a little distrusting of Victor, Victor mainly because uh, she's Antonia's sister or half-sister. Uh, but ultimately, he determines, I got no better options, and agrees to follow her to the lost city on Luna, outside of the Citadel walls. Uh, so they sneak out of the Citadel and join their escort, a squad of highly trained gray soldiers called Lurchers, and aboard a ship leaving for the Lost City. All right, that brings us to Chapter 7, The Afterbirth. So Darrow, Victra, and the Lurchers... Weird chapter name. (laughs) Afterbirth. I actually actually, missed that in the audiobook. And then, like, when we were putting this together, I was like, afterbirth, like, in the bathtub? That's what I was like, what? <laughs> Dirty. Yeah. All right. Darrow, Victor, and the Lurchers take the ship deep into the bowels of Luna in the Lost City. Down in the, what, like, North Harlem? <laughs> I don't know. What's, like, a bowels of a city? <laughs> no idea. <laughs> um, Brooklyn's pretty nice now, right? So. I've never been to New York. Great. <laughs> Daryl and Victra disguise themselves as obsidians, so they're able to move around the city without being noticed. Because you know, Victra is a large lady. She is they large both are. in terms of she's tall and sexy. Mm-hmm. So they arrive at the lost, uh, sorry, lost Wee Den. Mm-hmm. Is that really what it's called? It's called the Lost Wee Den because uh, you lose your Wee down there, yeah. and uh, they're meeting the Jackal, mm-hmm. who we still don't like. No. The jackal, I mean, we forever don't like him. The jackal explains to Darrow that during his two years of exile, he's become a businessman specializing in people, ideas, infrastructure. So he quietly owns 30% of the communications industry. What? Doing sneaky shit. Sneaky, sneaky. The jackal tells Darrow he wants to return home to Mars and he needs somebody to take care of Pliny and his father's current heir, Leto who might not survive <laughs> long. <laughs> the first step is to overthrow the sovereign's handpicked syndicate leaders in Lost City and install low-color leaders of his ownership, I guess you would say. Mm-hmm. Then he's going to use these new people to kill the sons of Ares. And guess what? He doesn't know Darrow is the sons of Ares. Right. At this point. Uh, so cha- that takes us to Chapter 8, Scepter and Sword. Uh, so the jackal goes on to explain that his father has tasked Pliny with eradicating the sons, but Pliny's really fucking that up. And uh, once the problem becomes too large, the jackal's going to step in, eradicate the sons using his media and syndicate connections, and Darrow is going to be the figurehead of that eradication. Darrow considers the offer and gets gar- jackal's guarantee that Mustang isn't involved and will not be hurt. Um, and then he agrees to help the Jackal, which is just... Come on, Darrow. We yeah, don't like we'll this guy. Be he that. killed Pax. 
He doesn't have a lot of better options. All right. So the Jackal then begins to explain that he's going to purchase Daryl's contract at the summit, and he's got a private backer, and Daryl's like, I need to meet this guy, and you got to bring back Severo, and you got to bring back the Howlers. Jackal's like, okay. And then uh, as they're starting to work out more details, a beautiful pink walks by, and uh, Jackal's kind of like, whoa, who's that? And it's fucking Evie. No wings. <laughs> no wings. A wingless Evie. Uh, she recognizes Darrow. She's a little surprised, obviously. <laughs> you know, she hears his name. Yeah, hears his name. Then yeah. she sees through the mask. And then she's like, of whoa. Obsidian. And then Darrow's also, you know, interested in Evie or like, what the fuck is going on? And Jackal kind of misreads that. He's like, oh, you want to take her upstairs, huh? Like, go ahead. And Daryl's like, okay. Uh, <laughs> they go upstairs. He kind of plays along. They walk upstairs. And as they're walking upstairs, he sees that a whole bunch of bombings are taking place on the hollow cans. He asks Evie what she's doing here. She tells him they came to kill the jackal. Darrow, realizing that a bomb is about to explode, launches out of the upstairs room that he's in, uh, using his concealed grav boots, flies downstairs to save the jackal. Right before the bomb explodes, Jackal's stained bodyguard throws him from the table and curls himself around the exploding bomb that was planted by Evie. That's a good stained servant. Right. I was <laughs> like, this guy's just getting paid, and he's like, I'm just going to take a bomb it's for you? Yeah. That's just sing my death drone. <laughs> I don't know death about that. Chant. I guess they think that they're saving like gods, so... Yeah, that's a nice stained bodyguard there. Too nice. Too nice. All right. I want to know what he says when he's like, (laughs) 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 he's probably like, I hope I get to their version of the veil, whatever it is. Valhalla or whatever. You know what it's called? Valhalla? Valhalla. I'm just guessing. I have no idea. (laughs) (laughs) Don't quote me on that. Okay. (laughs) Chapter nine, the darkness. Darrow snags the jackal and crashes through the wall out of the building, dislocating his arm, Mm -hmm. shoulder. He uh, leaves the unconscious jackal on the street and uses a stolen data pad from Evie's accomplices to track her to an abandoned factory. Um, That's where he finds Mickey and Evie. And Mickey's all Mickey back, shaky and skinny and, you know. Pretty weird. He looks traumatized. Yeah. I also think he was smoking some weed because they said he had a water pipe. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> smoking the reefer. <laughs> Typical Mickey. That I feel like that should chill him out more than he was, <laughs> but that's okay. He's being abused. So he finds Mickey and Evie. Darrow interrogates Evie and Mickey trying to figure out why there's on Luna and like what the fuck is going on because he's been out of contact for so long. Mm -hmm. He actually like felt abandoned Mm -hmm. and he's wondering uh, who's doing all these bombings. If it's dancer and and that crew. So Mm -hmm. he reveals that he was able to save the Jackal uh, noting that he needs him for his plan. So then Darrow's looking for dancer asking where he's at. And it's not dancer who comes in. It's harmony. Who is such a buzzkill. <laughs> she super sucks. She super sucks. <laughs> I really she liked her. She almost moves into worse than Antonia I at know. this point. Like I really liked her after our first reread when we were yeah, talking about her Yeah, like, earlier. oh, they're becoming friends. They had the nice connection. She's, she's like a badass Helldiver girl. Right. But now she's just sucks yeah so harmony tells him that dancer is dead 
which we know is not true. Do you think she thinks he's dead or she's just lying? She's lying. Okay. Mm-hmm. And she tells Daryl that he's forgotten his mission. And then Harmony's pain, anger, and hate has blinded her. And she explains that the sun's no longer compromised. And it's all about revenge instead of building a better world, which was EO's dream and Mm -hmm. answers. So Daryl demands to speak with Ares because he's like, this does not sound right. Mm -hmm. Then Harmony tells Mickey and Evie to leave and uh, explains to Daryl that Ares has a mission for him which is to blow up the Summit Gala where everyone's going to be, all the golds, all the most powerful people, including the Sovereign. And Daryl refuses because he's like, I'm not a terrorist. I'm trying to do good here. I'm not an assassin. Right. And then Harmony shows Darrow the hanging video. And this is where we find out that Eo was pregnant and she told her sister Dio to hide the crib because... I am with a child. Oh, gosh. This is a gut punch. Chapter 10, broken. Darrow, obviously, lost, broken, <laughs> after learning about his unborn child that Eo hid from him. That's, that's, a rough, that's a rough one. It's like a double gut punch. Yeah, that's, that's going to be tough to take. So the rage, the heartache just blinds him, and he agrees to carry out Harmony's plan. The, he then leaves the factory and meets back up with the Jackal, who thinks that Pliny was behind the bombing. He tells Darrow that their agreement is still on and thanks him for saving his life, which was kind of weird. That whole part where he's like, only one other person saved my life. Thank you. I was like, what's going on there? He can't actually mean that. And then Darrow spends the next three days kind of in a depressed haze, withdrawing from his life and his friends. On the night of the gala, uh, he's really struggling with the the weight of his decision to bomb everybody. Uh, he goes to visit Rogue. <laughs> Don't know why. Yeah. It's like <laughs> to kill a whole bunch of people. And, Tough one. And probably kill himself <laughs> in the process. <laughs> he goes to visit Roke, uh just before they are to leave for the gala. Uh, Roke tells him that he will purchase Daryl's contract. And so. See, what a nice friend. He's a good guy, kind of. Kind you know, of. But he's also kind of like a. It's cool. Future racist. We like him right now. <laughs> uh, <so> Future racist. <laughs> Probably so a current racist. So while all Darrow uh, can, also all Darrow can think of is what he's about to do and whether he can go through with actually killing his friend Roke and Mustang. Right, and so just before they leave, Darrow embraces Roke, telling him he's a good man, one far too good for his color. And Roke's like, "What?" He's like, yeah, and then he's like, wait, what'd you say? What does (laughs) that mean? Then he pierces Roke's neck with a syringe, knocking him out and saving him from the upcoming blast. Darrow knows this act means he will be found out as a red, and he can never go back. Or at least found out as the bomber. As a betrayal, yeah. As like knowing something was going to happen. Yeah. All right. Chapter 11. Red. Darrow walks with the rest of the house Augustus crew to the gala uh, he tells Tactus that Roke is feeling ill. The Jackal joins their party, and nobody's excited to see him, especially not his dad. He's uh, fully healed, but looking a little pink. Yeah, he's, got a, he's got a little pink From skin. the microdermabrasions or whatever. House Augustus is told that no bodyguards are allowed to attend the gala, and they must dismiss their greys and obsidians. What? That sounds suspicious. Oh, weird. Octavia's up to something. Mm-hmm. 
Um, politics are at play. Rumors are swirling. Augustus has fallen out of favor with the sovereign. No thanks to Darrow or the sons. Mm-hmm. Then once they're up off the lift, Darrow plants the bomb under the Augustus table and then joins Carnus because he's like, you know, at least I don't have to bullshit with this guy. Yeah, he's just like, we hate each other. He knows I hate him. <laughs> I don't have to, like, flirt with politicos and yep. all that dumb shit. Yep. So um, they get to have a real nasty chat with each other about <laughs> pride and how, you know, nothing's worth living for or something. Yep. Nothing but pride is worth living for, basically, is what Carnus says. So they're all chatting up, and then they watch together as Mustang arrives with Cassius. Mm, tough and one. For some reason, this is the first time Daryl like realizes they're together, even though like everyone's been dropping hints at him. Right. You know what I mean? I think it's willful ignorance at this point. No, but like. I mean, you don't think Tactus wasn't like, hey, your girl's, you know, <laughs> slagging Cassius. Is that what slagging means? Yeah. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> I was like, did I use that correctly? <laughs> you did. Um, so Daryl, like, freaks out. He totally loses his shit. He, like, runs out of the place, down the lift. So It was uh, very, like, high school. Yeah, like, <laughs> running away from the <laughs> dance. I can't believe he's here with her. Um, and yeah, he has to go like a long way actually to get away from everyone because the lift and all that like took yeah, a he long like time. Runs out into the woods. So he gets out there, and then you know, having all this internal turmoil, he can't handle another second of any of this bullshit. So outside, he's thinking he's failed. He's failed as a husband. He's failed as a gold. With Mustang, he's failed because um, she's now with Cassius. Mm-hmm. He's failed to rise, <gasps> rise, rise, rise <laughs> into the society. And he's like, I'm not going to fail anymore. I'll not let Eo's dream die. He's going to build the world and not blow everyone up because that would just be, you know, giving in to failure. Right. Good job. There's a better way. He's going to start something the golds fear the most. Civil War. Boom, boom, boom. Nice. There's like three movies about that, right? <laughs> <laughs> At least. The Avengers is that what you're talking yeah, about? about <laughs> I was like, what? <laughs> not the real, not like actual Civil War. <laughs> I'm definitely talking about the Avengers. I only live in a fictional world, you know. So, all I think right. That's technically a Captain America movie. Oh, it's not the Avengers. Whatever. They're all in it. It's They're just, all fighting. Right. So that was the end of our <laughs> uh, chapter recap. Yes. And Darrow, he's he's finally making some good choices. Yeah, he had a tough, tough, tough set of chapters. Tough beginning of the whole book. And then uh, he really makes up for it in the last couple paragraphs, really, <laughs> of this <laughs> right. of this set of chapters. Yeah, uh, I think his old girlfriend hooking up with Cassius really knocked him straight, you know? Yeah, it did uh, put some I almost said knocked his balls into (laughs) place, but I didn't know if that even made sense. Definitely gave him some perspective. Yeah. All right, so uh, now that we know what happened, we got to talk about the theme of these chapters, and that theme is... Betrayal. Betrayal. Kind of runs throughout all of these chapters. It's not... There's a lot of deception, a lot of distrust. This theme of betrayal kind of weaves its way... Uh, throughout all of the different character interactions. And so 
the first place we want to start with this theme is Darrow and Jackal. So this mm-hmm. meeting is just, you know, chock full of distrust. Obviously, it's Darrow and uh, Jackal. They're they're mortal enemies at this point. And it's even worse, you know, because it's built on the betrayal of Mustang to the Jackal, tying him up naked. For sure. Like a little I piglet. I mean, Jackal hates Darrow. As he should. I mean, sure. he's a sociopath, but he also had to cut his own hand off thanks to Darrow. <laughs> right. I mean, I would probably hate him too. Yeah, at the beginning of the uh, meeting, like Jackal offers Darrow some food, and Darrow's like w- w- looking at it kind of funny. He goes, I'm not a poisoner. He says, I could poison my father at any time I want, but I don't. And it's because he still needs him. Right, because he wants his approval. Mm-hmm. And then Darrow learns about Pliny's betrayal. So Pliny's just basically been working against Darrow for the last two years. We knew we hated him. Right. Jackal just puts that into, uh, illustrates it for Darrow, just right out in front of him. Leto is the hair, not Darrow. Air. Air. <laughs> Why did I say hair? He also has the hair. Air. <laughs> so the quote illustrating that, if you will, is then you come waltzing into our lives and disrupt Pliny's plan. It took two years to dispatch you, but patiently he did, just as he did me. Now Leto will be my father's heir, and Pliny will be Leto's master. Mm. Fucking sneaky, sneaky. He is a sneaky, sneaky. Jeez, little pixie bitch, right? right? He is. Uh, and then Darrow, you know, he, he goes on to agree with the jackal, knowing that he uh knowing that the jackal is eventually going to turn on him and he's just like i'm gonna have to turn on him first he says so i'll go along with this then in the end maybe i'll kill him for packs (laughs) so that that first meeting kind of sets this tone of this distrust the deception um ultimately we know that this because we've read all the books we know that this meeting between Jackal and Darrow, this agreement that comes out of it, mm-hmm. the Jackal betrays it. What? <laughs> you mean the Bucks? <laughs> so this this is probably not a good time to tell you this, but sometimes when we talk about the box, I immediately think it's my dick in a box. <laughs> you know that whole Justin Timberlake thing. My Darrow in a box. Exactly. We're gonna have to come up with a whole like, album. Album. Of it's Darrow in a box. That's that's how I actually sing it in <laughs> yeah. my head. Parody songs. Mm-hmm. We've got the Hamilton song. Darrow in a box. <laughs> 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 All right. <laughs> that kind of uh, whitewashes how painful it actually. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> was. I'm sure so, Darrow would appreciate it. Back to the jackal. <laughs> He makes that agreement, and we all know it's a terrible idea. Yeah, and he doesn't really have any other options. And so uh, that kind of takes us to the next set of characters and their betrayals, and that's Evie and Harmony. And Mm -hmm. so they've really kind of betrayed the true mission of the sons. Like Aaron was saying earlier, it's become all about revenge for them. Right. And they lie to Darrow about Dancer's death. And uh, if you recall in Red Rising... The um, whole speech that Dancer gave Darrow before he shows him the terraformed Mars surface, he talks about how like this is not about revenge because that's empty. It's about like building something. Correct, and and that's uh, Darrow's like, well, Dancer really is dead then because mm-hmm. this is bullshit. Because <laughs> it's that's yeah, he knew what Dancer stood for, right. and Harmony is 
obviously not held in line anymore. So Dancer's obviously not in the picture. She's just being so manipulative in this yeah. portion of the. It's it's really Ugh. hard to read. Like, and you kind of you're like yelling at Darrow, like, dude, why are you trusting Harmony? Right. Not only is she manipulating Darrow, she's manipulating Evie. Like Darrow at one point says, "You're using her worse than Mickey ever did." Right. And he's like, "You you didn't tell her that that was a suicide mission. Mm-hmm. She was gonna die." There. Oh yeah. And uh, she's like, well, she doesn't need to know, basically. And she's like, I'm willing to sacrifice any of us. Right. It's like, then why are you still alive? And then her ultimate kind of manipulation and betrayal is she's using that footage from Io's death to convince uh, Darrow to carry out the bombing. Right. And those words, you know, that Io says, in our bedroom, there's a crib I made. Hide it before Darrow returns. He must never know. It would break him. I am with child. That is like, that's so fucked up, Harmony. And then he repeats it like over and over and over and over. You can't even. And that kind of leads us into our next betrayal. And that Darrow kind of feels betrayed by Eo because he's. Right, because she didn't uh, didn't tell tell him. him. Yeah. She withheld info. Right. And that night that um, he lost the laurel, instead of taking him into the garden, she could have. Taking him to show him the crib. Right. And he kind of blames himself where he's like, I shouldn't have been, you know, so depressed about not winning the laurel. Or like pouting. He yeah. should, like, I should have pretended it was okay. And then she wouldn't have done that. Mm-hmm. He says, Eo could have lived. Eo could have given us the child we always wanted. But she thought that future wasn't worth her silence. I wasn't worth it. God, that's so sad. Yeah, and then it uh, is. Harmony just comes in with the just manipulative nail in the coffin. You were not strong enough then. Are you strong enough now? And she calls him a hell diver, like really applying to his uh, red you know, self. Red self, <laughs> yeah, exactly. His red identity, right? Yeah, and yeah, like saying you you weren't strong enough, like to support your wife. You right. know, you weren't strong enough for her to. Put that burden on playing you. Playing into those feelings of him not feeling good enough because he's right. already like, I couldn't be a father because EO didn't want me to be a father. Right. That's how he's taking that. And she's like, yeah, basically. <laughs> oh, say what you told me about what you were thinking about his kid Pax. Oh, yeah. When we were talking about this earlier, we were kind of putting our outline together. I was just saying it's really sad like how like how sad Darrow is in this moment, not being able to be a father. And then he has Pax mm-hmm. down the line, and then he just is a terrible father to Pax. And he kills his friend Wolfgar. Right in front of him. And then he's abandons him, like in kind of a moment of, of need. And it's just... I mean, that time of adolescence is awkward for all of us. I'm right. sure Pax needs braces. <laughs> and he's all gangly. Yeah, he's like, what, 10 or something? That's like... And he like... Is getting crashes on other people. Yeah. And we don't know if he's heterosexual. Well, I didn't want to say girls. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I think they're all pretty, like, sexually fluid. And this, <laughs> this is the future, baby. It is true. It is true. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyways, Darrow abandons him. Yeah, it's just really sad to think about that, like, in the context of, like, knowing the entire story, how upset Darrow is at this moment about not being able to be a father and then when he gets a chance to be a father he fucks it up he's kind of not the best father (laughs) yeah 
And that takes us on to the next uh, kind of interaction. Betrayal. This is a really dark episode. This one's tough. This is Darrow and Roke. This is right before the the gala. And Darrow, he goes to visit Roke and then kind of betrays his trust, basically. Like, he doesn't trust his friend enough to tell him the truth. And this is a good um, moment where we kind of see more into Roke's personality and his friendship with Darrow because Roke tells a story and yeah he has some really good advice I thought uh-huh. there like finding your home and, and the whole thing about how Roke when uh, Darrow says he feels lost Roke like pauses and considers it he doesn't laugh at him right or like uh, make a joke he like truly um, is a good friend who listens and responds thoughtfully yeah he cares about Darrow like, yeah he really does and I think that this interaction here actually really paints the way that Darrow deals with Severo down the line because Darrow is uh, right. scared to tell Severo the truth. Mm-hmm. You know, But I think that his experience with Roke kind of lets him be able to tell Severo the truth down the line because he doesn't want to lose another friend like that. Right, and... We're glad because we like Severo more than Roke because he's <laughs> he's not racist. <laughs> he's not a colorist. A colorist, colorist, yeah. <laughs> he's not colorist. Yeah, and so the the classist. Uh, the the quote from the Darrow and Roke interaction is, "His hands are too slow to stop me, but his eyes are quick enough to widen in trusting fear, like a loyal dog's, as he's put slowly to sleep in his master's lap. He doesn't understand, but he knows there's a reason." Yet still comes the fear, the betrayal that bit breaks my heart into a thousand pieces. Ugh. That's tough. The I whole description kinda... of like a dog getting put to sleep. Yeah, I mean, that's that was like really fucked sad. up. <laughs> Pierce is really t- pulling on our heartstrings. Oh my one. gosh. <laughs> the problem is when you're doing the audiobook and you're listening to this stuff and you're driving somewhere, <laughs> <laughs> you don't really remember how you got where you're going and you're like, Man, these tears. <laughs> <laughs> Crying through the... You look over out the window and somebody <laughs> sees you just tearing hey, up. Yeah, I have tinted windows for a reason, okay? <laughs> so you can listen to Red Rising. Yeah, notes. exactly. So that's a big betrayal. And then, you know, down the line, Darrow betrays him again. Well, by killing him, but Roke betrays him first, I guess. Right. Yes. I mean, Roke gets him back. But it's also like... They have that conversation at one point, like right there at the end, where Roke's like, "You didn't trust me enough, you know, to yeah. to tell me the truth." Like we were brothers, and and Roke was willing to put his neck out to buy Darrow's contract, right? Um, which would really benefit him, not at all. Right. Yeah. I mean, he would. That would He'd be, be in debt, you know, yeah. to Regulus uh, son, yeah. which, by the way, in the book, he pronounces it soon. Really? Yeah. Uh-huh. I like rewound it because I was like, what? <laughs> nice. Regulus ah soon. <laughs> uh, that sounds better, actually. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, he was being a good guy. Yeah. I mean, you can you can see where Roke's coming from. The, the only part that's difficult is like, even if Daryl would have told him, like, Roke never would have understood. Mm-hmm. And ultimately, that's what it comes down to. Uh, so, that kind of takes us into the, the gala where uh, i say gala yeah i know i i've been saying it different i'm from kansas it's kind of fun the gala 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 (laughs) Uh. (laughs) the 
the sovereign. Yes. So She's been sneaky, sneaky this is a her little, whole career. Yeah, this is a little subtext and just knowing what happens down the line in these books. But you can see that in this chapters, the sovereign is setting up House Augustus to be betrayed because she wants House Bologna to be in power on Mars. Can I tell you real quick that I see the sovereign as the love child of Hillary Clinton and Cersei Lannister. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> and not I don't not to get political. I don't think Hillary Clinton's like a bad person, but <laughs> I just think that Cersei and Hillary um would make something like Octavia. Yeah. With like I, the I short power haircut. Yeah. Like after the whole weird monk thing in Game of Thrones mm-hmm. where she cuts gets her hair cut off. Cersei on the Iron Throne is a very good... Uh, Octavia. Octavia, I think. Yeah, I, I agree. But uh, there's still a little uh, Hillary in there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, there's like that political aspect to her so that Cersei doesn't really have. That's what I see. Right. Do you really say Cersei? I don't know. It's Cersei. Cersei. There's a fucking show where they say it right. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, sorry, Cersei. we're having a howler fight. <laughs> it's okay. So yeah, that and that kind of gets foreshadowed. This sovereign betraying House Augustus for Bologna's. Uh, can I say it? Yeah. Carnus tells us about it, mm-hmm. which honestly, this is the first time that I actually realized this. Oh really? Yeah. Yeah. Um, Carnus says, "Though I hear the sixth course will be something to die for." <laughs> <laughs> Good one, Carnus. Good, Good one. one. <laughs> oh, what a what douche. could that mean? <laughs> it means that Octavia was going to kill everybody. Yeah, exactly. Uh, they were setting them up. That's why there's no bodyguards allowed, all that stuff. So mm-hmm. that and then that takes us right into kind of the toughest betrayal here. The uh, Twilight. I wanna wolf, let, I'm going to let you handle wolf this vampire one human love triangle. This involves your favorite characters. <laughs> <laughs> So, Darrow, Mustang, Cassius. This is uh, what Darrow, what he's thinking. He says, it aches. Not that I suspect Mustang is being petty and seeking my enemy, but because I know she is not petty. If she's with Cassius, it's because she cares for him. It aches deeper than I thought it would. And remember, there's been two years since the Institute where for a lot of that time, besides the secret training, mm-hmm. Darrow and Mustang were dating, basically. Yeah, they were hanging out for a while. They were Netflix and chilling. For like a solid year. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So Cassius, I think, is a rebound. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's a it's a tough, that's complicated for sure. And it's complicated more because Ben loves Cassius. <laughs> hey, my guy, he's back here. Curl- he likes the curly hair. He's ones. back on top. He's been dueling. Dueling. <laughs> He's got the. He's cleft the morning night. His thick curly hair. Little cherub ringlets. Yeah. Yeah. So this this is really hard for Daryl. Like Ben said, it's like at, when you're at a high school dance and your crush shows up with your mortal enemy. Right. That one hits hard, and it's not like so much like Mustang betrays him or anything like that, but it is like. Darrow has those same feelings that a betrayal would create. Plus, he does feel betrayed. Oh, I'm sure. And everyone's been like... But it's not like she's like, like outwardly betraying Darrow like, to make him mad. 
they don't have space Facebook. Right. She's not like seeing his <laughs> photos. Ha- he hasn't been keeping up with her on the ground. Well, he can't see like in a relationship. <laughs> so That's he true. was definitely, you know, out he, of left field. He didn't check Cassie's Instagram two months ago and see that he was taking photos with Mustang. With Mustang. You know, because you know Cassius would be posting. They were those. riding horses. As together. soon as Cassius had permission, he would be posting pictures of him Mustang for sure. Just to make Darrow jealous. <laughs> oh, for sure. But it, this is all made worse by the fact that everyone's been um, antagonizing Darrow about how he's about to die right. at Cassius's hand. So not only do they have a blood feud, but also Darrow's been like bullied about it. Right. There was one particular quote that I would like to add a very. Uh, dirty line too if you would give me one second here if you can hear the flipping of the pages <laughs> ben is using a real book he cannot control find on this book i said i said this to myself when i was reading it and it really made me laugh so i have to share it with everybody else <laughs> all right um just a second as surely as cassius abalona puts a sword in my stomach he now sticks a dagger in my heart and a dagger and something else as well. Did he? Did you? That was your joke. Yeah, the last. I was part. like, that's <laughs> not. <laughs> Pierce didn't write that. <laughs> you should write a footnote <laughs> if you want a dirty joke. Sorry, that was my. It was dirty kind joke. of. It was kind of an obvious joke. It is. It's an okay. obvious one. It's a fun one. We're gonna work on your stand-up. <laughs> Thank you. Okay. <laughs> Appreciate that. <laughs> That All joke right. fell a little flatter than I was expecting. Sorry. <laughs> well, honestly, my first thought was that that's not what it said because <laughs> you didn't separate the lines. I was like offended that uh, you would like put words into Pierce's mouth. And he's sticking a dagger in something else. Okay. Okay. That's that's the that's joke. Maybe a boy joke. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um, that was the betrayal, the sticking a dagger, and mm-hmm. um. I'm not going to say I read ahead, but I definitely <laughs> could not stop reading. It's very and, hard. And uh, Cassius really drives that dagger even deeper. He does. Into Darrow's heart. It's a little tough. He really throws it in his face. Real, for sure. Uh, Moving on. Yeah, that takes us to our last. Last uh, betrayal. Last There's betrayal. Well, this is a refusal to betray. Oh, the antithesis of the betrayal. Exactly. This is Darrow. He refuses to betray Eo's dream. He sees Mustang. Good on you, boy. Prime stuff. He runs outside crying like a little bitch and then gets his shit together. <laughs> I can just see him like pushing through the crowd and like everyone's like pointing and laughing really at him. Like he's going to die. <laughs> it was really fun to think about that way. Uh, he says, I do not have an excuse to give up, to hand over her dream to others. I must build the world she wanted to raise our child in. That was her dream. That was why she sacrificed, so others would not have to. And I will not let others decide my fate. Not now. I do not trust Ares if it means I must reject Eo. And guess what? It's not Ares. It's fucking Harmony. Right. Exactly. Pretending to be in charge. She sucks. Once again. <laughs> so. But Eo's dream is is really going strong. Right. So we have all of the like throughout these chapters, we have this theme of betrayal running through but at the last second we reject that betrayal and daryl becomes new determined person to 
civil war basically carry out Eo's dream and he decides right. I'm gonna start the civil war. It sparks his creative side. Right, exactly. You could think of it as a betrayal to Harmony. Because now yeah. um, she's they're waiting on Darrow to blow up the gold so right. that they can carry out more bombs. Yeah, so now that we have discussed the theme, it's time to move on to the Prime 5. Aaron, what is the Prime 5? It's five of our favorite insights and observations from this week's chapters. Huzzah! <laughs> you beast! <laughs> <laughs> All right, so... A really good one is that Darrow is good at the razor. Yes. That's probably the best one. We're starting with the best. There's a lot of foreshadowing. So we don't know yet because we haven't seen him use the razor. Mm -hmm. But he knows like all of Lauren uh, Arcos's quotes. Right. And like he knows he does like an insult to the jackal. That's Arcosian. Yep. He even has like his own form of insults. Right. That's how like <laughs> legendary he is. Like, Legend yeah. what? Dairy. <laughs> that's Lauren. Uh, yeah. So th- yeah, that's a good call. And he, like, yeah. He corrects uh, Roke about that quote. Mm-hmm. So we're like, Oh, why does he know Lauren so well? And if, if you're reading it the first time, you don't think about it at all. Cause mm-hmm. like Darrow's smart. So he might just know that stuff. Mm-hmm. But then when you realize he spent time with him, and like knows him intimately. Right. That's ho- that sounds bad. <laughs> he knows him <laughs> closely. <laughs> then you realize like, oh, this is how we found out about the razor thing. Right. It's all kind of peppered in there. Like there's little tidbits everywhere. Little salt bay. Exactly. Uh, where Pierce is foreshadowing this uh, relationship between Darrow and Lauren, because you can like you see that Darrow has a great knowledge of Lauren, obviously. And then he also tells the jackal at one point, he's like, I know how to use a razor. So that's, it's really, it's, it, it actually is throughout all the first like 10 chapters of this book. Uh, there's a lot of that where we have Lauren quotes to start the, the parts. The parts, right. Pierce um, kind of salt bait us. Yeah. And then also um, when you're reading back through it again, you realize that the time between the Institute and the Academy doesn't really line up. You're like, oh, there's there's some time in there where we don't know where Daryl was. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, so that takes us to our next item on the Prime 5, and that is Tactus and Roke. Do they like each other? <laughs> I think they might. This was Ben's idea. <laughs> I've heard about this on the internet a little bit. Oh, really? Yeah, okay. this is a theory. Okay. There's also a lot of subtext for it, too. Like, they're talking about each other You probably saw the subtext because you saw it on the internet. I hadn't seen that yet. Well, like, Roke's like, I thought you were Tactus coming to my room when Daryl oh. shows up. And then uh, when wow. when Roke uh, doesn't show up at the gala, 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 <laughs> uh, <laughs> Tactus is like, where's Roke? Where's Roke? And uh, Yeah, where's my butt boy? Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Oh, sorry. I thought that's. I thought that's what you were talking about. Daryl's like he's he's ill, and uh, Tactus is like, well, I'll, maybe I'll go get him then. Yeah, he kind of pushes it. No, no. Daryl's like, what do you need? You need Roke or something? And he's like, no, no. I don't need any man. <laughs> yeah. So there's a little bit of that uh, throughout. I think that also when Roke dies at the uh, end of Morningstar or whatever, 
he kind of laments what happened with Tactus and how uh, Darrow handled that. And, yeah. Oh, uh, I didn't see that. Also, backing up many years, Roke knows kind of an intimate side of Tactus with knowing about the violin story and right. how like everyone always wants something from him. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's also another part where it's right before Evie shows up at the bar and the jackal is telling Darrow the first part of like his mission for him. Mm-hmm. And he's like, I need you to seduce a man, basically. Yeah. And Darrow's like, well, I think Tactus would probably be better for that. Oh, I did. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I thought he was just, you know, yeah. giving Tactus. Yeah, so that's time. that's kind of fun. I don't know. There's just little hints in there. Maybe little salt base. Yeah. All right. Next on our prime five is what Darrow doesn't like Grays. Yeah. This I was like <laughs> when there's that line. Go ahead. Oh, he's uh, talking to what's the lurcher's name? I already forgot. Valentin. Okay, but yeah. um, he's like giving him a hard time and pushing him, and the guy's like defending himself. Like we've survived this long, which means we're the best. Mm-hmm. And then you're like, why doesn't he trust these grays? And you're like, oh, ugly done. Yeah. <laughs> in the tin pots. Yeah, Daryl. It's because he's a fucking red. Yeah, Daryl. They all says, hate grays. He goes, I don't like grays. I was like, why wouldn't Daryl like grays? And then I was like, oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Because they like ruined his whole first 16, 18, however old he right, was, years of his life. Yeah. And basically got him in trouble. I mean, and like, they started that whole shit. Ugly Dan fucking found him. Ugly Dan. Ugly Dan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was kind of a fun little yeah. jape where Darrow's like giving him shit. I don't like and stuff. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh yeah, that's a good one. Okay. And then the next one is going to be Victra. She's in love with Darrow. And by the way, I tried to say this one and, and Ben goes, No, I get Victra. <laughs> it's like, geez. I think Victra. Uh Ben loves <laughs> Victra. <laughs> Yeah, this is just basically like Daryl doesn't notice that Victra really likes him, and I'm super jealous. That's basically <laughs> all that this insight and observation is. This is your prime five <laughs> that you're jealous of a fictional romance? Yes. That doesn't ever blossom? Yes. Right. And so it is kind of interesting, though, to see like Victra is trying to help Daryl. She sets up the meeting with the jackal, and then um, Daryl's constantly... Um, suspicious of her. He's suspicious mm-hmm. of her at first. Because of her bitch half-sister. True. And I mean, who wouldn't be? <laughs> we'll get to her later. Yeah. <laughs> 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 and then uh, he's suspicious of her when they first meet. He's also suspicious of her when the Jackal's talking about her. Because he's like, is is Victor your backer? Is and then he's she like, involved did, with did this? Did Victor blow us up? Right. Yeah. She also. He also accuses her of the bomb. To the jackal. Mm-hmm. And he's like, dude, she wouldn't do that. She's fucking in love with you. Sorry, that was in the chapters I read ahead on. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm a bad howler. <laughs> yeah, the jackal's basically like, dude, she's in love with you. She would not betray you. And Daryl's just like, what? 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 Girls like me? <laughs> I was like, come on, Daryl. <laughs> yeah, she's like like running her hand over his chest, her fingernail. She's telling him she's not wearing underwear. Oh, yeah. Oh, the, I must have forgotten. The gala gala? The gala gala. <laughs> Gosh. It's like a double gala. I know. I would just, I, I, I you can walk next ben to me. Ben read that line and like Victra. fainted. Yeah. Okay. That's Moving fine. on. <laughs> <laughs> If you were listening to the book, you would have crashed into a pole. 
so our next up and last on our prime five is where Darrow insults Antonia oh, just a- at the gala, which really, you know, if you hate Antonia as much as we do, it just really makes you giggle. It was great. It's like a like barking laugh moment where you're like, whoa, that is a great line. I'm going to let Ben read it because he's been the one with the books. <laughs> he, uh, they decide to toast to a good reunion, and uh, Antonia says, I can tell you missed me while I was away. And Daryl responds, Fitchner once said something to me, Antonia. It seems appropriate now. She says, oh, Fitchner, that bronze little rodent, whatever did he say? And Darrow says, a man can never miss chlamydia. (laughs) (laughs) He couldn't even get through it. (laughs) A man can never miss chlamydia. Burn. And I do believe that Fitchner did say that. Oh, he that is definitely a Fitchner line for sure. Howlers, let me just tell you, I'm so excited for next week's chapters because it's like the best Fitchner ever that we'll ever get ever. <laughs> it's true. Uh, yeah, we'll we'll get to that. We'll get to that. All right. I'm just no. I'm foreshadowing. I know. I know. All right. So yeah, Antonia got a little oh, bitch she got slap. burned. That's, yeah. it was just great. That's a that was. And uh, then he like walks away. Yeah. Probably <laughs> oh, my no, he pours it. He pours the wine out. Yeah, he refuses to cheers her and pours the wine out <laughs> in her face. It was just. Should I try that? I need to find a mortal enemy first. He freaking dunked all over. Does anyone volunteer to be my mortal enemy <laughs> so I can yeah. say that to your face? He just slam dunked in her face. It was awesome. Um, okay. That brings us to the end of Prime 5. Yeah, it's the end of the Prime 5. And now we need to name our Primus of the Week. Ben, who is the Primus of the Week? Well, the Primus of the Week is the one character who conquered our Proctors of Plot, rose above the rest. This week, it's Darrow. It's Darrow. There really, there wasn't a great choice this week, but... The reason it's Darrow is because he didn't blow everyone up. Yeah, ultimately it comes down to that decision from Darrow to to live for more, keep Eo's dream alive. Break the chains, live and then for more. Also, he changes the paradigm like he loves to do. And hey, we should make a drinking game. <laughs> Actually, cheers. Every time we say change the paradigm, or yeah. every time Pierce writes the words. <laughs> Yeah. change the paradigm right you have to drink no matter where you're reading or listening to it uh yeah so when he does that and decides to start the civil war i think that's a bunch of chapters for him he learned some pretty terrible shit about he, about his unborn his child. Own unborn child but ultimately he uses that to fuel him for good for good well exactly good and bad because well to achieve I mean, to achieve EO's dream. A bunch of people still die. He still is able to keep perspective enough. Like, he's able to get a hold of himself, get his perspective back, and keep in mind what EO actually wanted. Right. So that's why why he's this week's winner and this week's Primus. Way to go, Daryl. Good job. That's his second win, if you're keeping track. It is. And I don't know if he'll get more. First time, two time. <laughs> I, I think we might see this Darrow guy <laughs> again sometime. Does he come back? <laughs> we might see him around. Well, you know, there's some rumors swirling that we might not get him forever. Uh, let's not talk about that. Yeah. I was like, no. 
<laughs> we can't kill Darrow. Not until the very end. No. Unless it's some Harry Potter bullshit where he's not actually dead. Or he dies and comes I back. I can see Darrow dying at the very end. And then he's like, in the veil. I just don't know what else Darrow... He doesn't die in this dark age. I mean, there's a whole other book after that. Do you think dark age refers to, like, power outages? <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> all right so ben what are you into this week what are we into this week oh you did it i fucking set you up (laughs) i am into a book it's called fire and blood by uh george r R. martin yeah i heard about this little tidbit between game of thrones books yeah it is a continuation kind of of the ice and fire series not really but it's about the history of Westeros and how the Dragon Lords came to be and took over. It's really cool. I've just I got it for Christmas and I've been reading through it. If you like Game of Thrones and you're really into the like world building aspects of Game of Thrones and the history, uh, all the great stories that, you know, happened in the past. I think if you like um, Red Rising, you probably like Game of Thrones. Yeah, it's I mean, kinda hand in hand, right? Yep. It's just been really enjoyable. I haven't I haven't finished the entire thing yet, but I'm having a great time just kind of perusing through it and reading a story here or reading a story there. It tells you all about how like the Targaryens came to Westeros and then how they conquered um the country and all that stuff. So all the kingdoms and um it's really cool. So I would highly recommend if you like the Game of Thrones series, checking out Fire and Blood. Part one. Blood. Mm-hmm. Great. Mm-hmm. What are you into this week? What Aaron? am I into? So um, this is my second recommendation of a game. Oh, so nice. the first was Exploding Kittens. Mm-hmm. Still recommend. Highly rec. The second is a board game called Ticket to Ride. Ooh, good call. And um, I've played it with Ben. It's really fun. It's um, high on strategy and there's a bunch of different versions of the game. There's like at least eight, and it's uh, based on different places in the world. Mm-hmm. We've been playing Ticket Europe. to Ride Europe. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, we played Ticket to Ride Europe, and you basically get cards and train pieces, and you have to build a train route from one city to the next. Mm-hmm. Um, Everybody's trying to build their own train route. Yeah, and they, they kind of cross, and you yeah. get kind of trapped and have to Block build train stations right this sounds way worse than it actually is yeah, it's really fun it's, it's really awesome it's a lot of strategy it's actually really hard but it also goes quick that's the thing it is, is. That's yeah. the one thing i like that sometimes you get like with those strategy games they take a really long time but ticket to ride actually clips right along like you, right you in play like a game pretty quickly if you're not ready to strategize you actually lose pretty quickly oh, hell yeah. <laughs> yeah you'll get you, you get, get wrecked. Yeah. yeah. And the the first time that Ben and I played, we played with a group of people who had already played before. Mm-hmm. And um, Ben did okay, but I got destroyed. <laughs> 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 my my train building strategy <laughs> needs to improve. So if you have, uh, you know, four friends. Yeah. How many players is it? Like two I'm to sure. five or something? Yeah, something like that. Yeah, you should get it. I actually bought it for my brother. So. Nice. We're going to keep playing it. Okay, so this week's Rex, Fire and Blood by George R.R. R. Martin and Ticket to Ride. She's got a ticket to ride. <laughs> <laughs> All 
All right, let's talk about what's going on next episode. <gasps> so exciting. And I already Pod. read them all. I'm sorry. <laughs> okay, by the way, you should like at least have read the books once, obviously, to listen. Right. But it really is beneficial to reread them. True. Um, while you're listening, and then you'll you'll kind of get all these new insights that we're getting as we reread them. Yeah, I'm I'm really enjoying it. This is like a fourth time I've reread these books, and so it's it's just been really awesome. Uh, finding are, you, new th- are you bragging or something? No, I mean, there's people that are, are on their 10th. Like <laughs> yeah. I'm like, I, I feel like a weakling compared to these people. You need to bulk up, get your protein. Right. I need to read more books. Uh, yeah, so we're going to read chapters 12 through 16. These are some dynamic, we're gonna amazing. Be, we're literally going to be screaming next. Yeah, week. it's going to be an exciting episode. Get ready for this one. All right. Um, hey, where should we be followed at? Howler Pod. Howler Pod. H O W L E R P O D. That's on Instagram. That's on Twitter. And guess what? We also have a, a little store. We're going to have on a store. Etsy. We'll have a Facebook page for you guys. So check out the Facebook yeah. page. Uh, you can also email us, howlerpod at gmail.com, if you want to talk to us about these books. We love to yeah. talk to you guys. It's been so awesome, this response. And if you have ideas for like segments or yeah. like if you have what are you into this week you know let us know we will announce your what are you into because i'm sure. honestly running out of things <laughs> that i'm into i'm not that interesting yeah if you guys have ideas for us like shoot it shoot it over to us because we're we want to uh build a community we want to interact with you guys that's what makes this fun like the response so far to the podcast has just been honestly overwhelming and it's the people that I've told at work about this do not give a <laughs> shit. So <laughs> really relying on you guys. <laughs> <laughs> so keep following us there. Keep sharing the podcast. Keep yeah. telling your friends and about share it. share the book with people. I mean, this is a great way to spread the good news of Pierce right. Brown. And uh, rate and review the podcast because that's a thing that people say on podcasts. So I, I think we're supposed to say it I actually too. just learned because of this how to actually <laughs> rate a podcast, <laughs> even though I listen to like every NPR one. Uh, yeah. So I, I, I know that's a thing that people say. So also do it for us, I think. Sure. I if you it. feel like it. Yeah. Only five stars. But, but five stars only. Otherwise, go slide yourself. All right. Thanks, Howlers. We are out. Omnisphere lupus. Oh.